friends. Welcome to Listen, Friend, the pop culture podcast where we share the opinions no one asked for. Everyone needs a friend who's loud about the things they love, and we are yours. I'm Brooke. And I'm Amanda. And it's Halloween. Yay! Well, not really. <laughs> the whole month. It's October. It's the whole month is Halloween mm-hmm. to me. So we were going to do an episode um, devoted to River Phoenix today because Hall- yeah, Halloween is the anniversary of his passing and so we were going to kick off Halloween month that way but then I just I was not in the right mindset to do that it was going to make me sad and I was I don't know like I don't have a lot of motivation these days and I was like I don't want to do something that's going to bum me out yeah so I was like what will be exciting so you're getting a whatever the positive way of saying (laughs) half-assed um Halloween premiere episode. We do have a lot of really fun Halloween stuff planned, but this is one we did not have planned, so hopefully it goes well. Pop culture news. I don't have any, do you? Oh, sorry, I yawned. Um, Coolio died. Oh, that made me sad. I, I love know. Gangster's Paradise. I know. Hocus Pocus 2 came out. I don't care, but other people I also do. don't care. But I'm like, I'm pumped for the people who do. Congratulations. Let's see. Bella Hadid had a dress spray painted on her body, and that has been blowing up on, um... I don't pay attention. All of my social... So, basically, it was like she stood there in her underwear-ish, if you can call it underwear, and uh, at some fashion show, and a dress was spray painted onto her body. It sounds weird. It was very cool to watch. And then she walked the runway after they finished spray painting this. And I mean, it's not just that her body, it's not spray paint. Like, they're spraying, whatever's coming out of there is, like, latex. Oh, okay. And so, like, it it was weird and kind of cool. Um, I think that's all. Okay. Pop culture-wise that I can remember. Um, Two things, just in the interest of Halloween, Freeform did announce their lineup for 31 Nights of Halloween. Let me pull it up. I think they listened to us and made it a little bit better than it had been in years previous. So they're still playing Hocus Pocus 16,000 times, but they are also playing Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, the 2016 one, the 1992 Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is going to be a freeform premiere. They're playing Maleficent, which I think they have done in the past. They're playing the Halloween Towns. Um, they're playing Get Out, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. They're playing the 2018 Halloween, which is going to be a freeform premiere. And um, I'm interested to see how they edit that one for TV. Really? Yeah, because that one is uh, violent. Mm. I mean, because it's like... How, okay, so there's a gajillion Halloween movies, but in this one in particular, like, you have the 1978 one, mm-hmm. and then this 2018, like, continuation basically scraps everything between the original and this one. So, Halloween 2, Halloween 3 doesn't count anyway, 4, 5, 6, Resurre- Resurrection, H2O, they're all gone. Mm. Um, so, this, in comparison to the 78 one, is super violent, so I'm just interested to see how they handle that. They're playing Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, which um, both are really good movies. I'm proud of them for, like, getting Changing out of the... Up. Yeah, like, they're actually playing, like, actual scary things. So, yeah, good for you, Freeform. Proud of you. And I might actually watch some of this, you know? Usually I skip all of their stuff, but this is... I'm, I'm proud of this lineup. 
Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting is I doubt you have seen anything about this movie. I've barely seen anything about this movie. Okay. But there's a new scary movie coming out called Smile, and it has... Um, I have heard about this. Okay, it has Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. The way I almost called her Sierra Kedgwick. <laughs> <laughs> her daughter, their daughter is in it, and I don't completely know what it's about, but um, they're doing this thing. Let me just tell y'all, the internet has ruined, like, the way studios can hype up movies. Uh, like, an example, so before everybody... Before everybody was on the internet, a movie called Blair Witch Project came out. I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's heard of it. And the way they marketed this movie, they used the internet to market it. They did it in such a way that, like, you know, Snopes didn't exist. There wasn't really a way, like, you know, Things that I could spoiled. be like, I don't think this is real. I'm yeah. going to Google it. Yeah. So they marketed it, marketed it like it was a actual true story mm-hmm. and so at the theater like they put it out on the internet made it seem like hey all of this stuff really happened at the theater they were passing out like missing posters and mm-hmm. like people really thought they were watching like these people's like, final moments yeah. and they were actually just actors so obviously you can't do that anymore but um Smile has gotten people in an effort to, like, promote the movie to, like, stand on TV, like, in the background. So, like, they'll be at baseball games and they'll stand behind the batter's mound or whatever it's called. And they'll just, like, smile real creepily Uh into the camera. Uh Uh-huh. They do it at sporting events, like, anywhere that's going to be, like, public and there's going to be, like... Broadcast or something. Yeah, like, media groups there. And so, um, I don't particularly care about the movie. Like, I'm sure I'll watch it eventually, but it's not something I'm, like, hyped for. But I am, like, really impressed with the attempt to market it. So, that kind of interested me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have a recommendation for this? I had one, and now I don't remember what it was. Do you have one? Uh, not really. I stayed in bed all day yesterday. I'm fine, but, like, I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman, and also... I mm-hmm, I do, too. And Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein, so, like, things like that. Go listen to... I can't remember the name of it. You'll be able to figure it out if you search for it. But go listen to our, um, Halloween episode from last year where we gave you, like, Further October recommendations. Yeah. recommendations. Okay. So, Halloween episode one, Mm -hmm. we are going to play a game at the end, but we're also going to have a little, it's a little research-based, but first let me ask you, what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? It doesn't even have to be a scary movie. Like, what's a movie that, like, traumatized you in a fear-based way? Probably, like, the technically scariest movies that I have watched are, like, um... Silence of the Lambs, and then um, that time that I watched The Fog. Because um, of Tom Welling? Because of Tom Welling. Okay. But, like, I don't necessarily remember those scaring me that terribly much because it was to the point that I was older mm-hmm. and, like, could reason a little bit more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, could, yeah. could block it out and be like, that's not real. And then the, or I guess technically um, Silence of the Lambs could be real, but that's not, you know, going to happen. Um, and so, um, okay. <laughs> um, and so, um, I, I'm trying to remember 
like what like when I was young like kept me up at night. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it could be a TV show. It doesn't have to be a movie. Oh, okay. It could be any you know anything. Okay. Um, I remember hiding in the corner, watching that show. Um, are you mm, Are you afraid of the dark? Mm, which was that? Did that come on Nickelodeon? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, why did you watch that? Um, because my, at my everyone home, else was watching. Well, it? no, it wasn't even that because I don't I don't remember really talking about it. It was just more of like my grandma's at my grandma's house. She didn't have Disney Channel. She just had Nickelodeon. Mm. So there wasn't really, as a child, like, much else for me to turn it to. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of times it would come on, like, right after, you know, something I was watching. Like, you yeah. know, whatever. I don't know. It's a normal, like, Rugrats, Hey Arnold situation. And so it would come on, and I would, like, be like, it's fine. I can watch this, and it will be fine, and I will not be scared. And then and then you're interested in it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you want to see what happens. And then I was, and I don't, I can't remember specifically, like, what happened in what episodes or whatever, but, like, I do remember going, and it was still on the TV because I had to find out what happened, but I was physically huddled up in a corner next to my, like, arts and crafts thing, Mm -hmm. shelving thing that I had at my grandma's house with my back to the TV, like, ears covered but like would peek and like <laughs> look and see what's happening and then I do remember having nightmares after watching Titanic about drowning and okay. dying you were gonna you were you started to say honestly and you were gonna say something about maybe a movie and... that was probably Titanic. okay yeah. okay um okay so I don't really get scared at movies um but I will say, I went to go see The Conjuring 2 mm-hmm. with some, I think it was the, no, 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 no. I have seen, I did go see The Conjuring 2, but what I'm thinking of is actually Annabelle. I went to go, like my, I don't really hang out with these girls anymore, so. So at the time they were my friends, and we used to do this thing where like, and honestly, <laughs> toxic, red flags. So if me now was me then, like, I wouldn't have gone. You yeah. know, I didn't know better. Yeah. But we used to do this thing, and I mean, I was, like, in my early to mid-twenties. Like, it's not like I was not a grown adult, but, you know, you learn. Mm -hmm. So, we used to do this thing where, like, every Friday night we would hang out, and we would take turns, like, picking what we did and where we ate. Mm -hmm. And if it was your turn to pick, like, everybody else, like, had to do it. it. So, if somebody was like, we, uh uh-huh, like, like it seems, it seems seems, cool. Like, if you and I did it, it's fine. But with these people, it it wasn't. So, it was this one girl's turn to pick. I do not speak to this girl at all anymore um, for a variety of reasons, none of which are this, but this did not help. Um, And she was like, okay, we're going to eat. I don't remember where we ate. I did not have a problem with where we ate. And then she's like, we're going to go see Annabelle. And, like, I don't mind a scary movie. I pre- prefer to, like, watch most of them in my home. Mm-hmm. But I will go to a theater sometimes. I do not like the demon possession uh-uh. movies. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's too real. I don't yep. like yep. it. But I did it because that was the rule. Yeah. And the movie itself was fine. I did not... It was it was whatever. But the opening scene starts with a home invasion similar to, like, a Manson-style home invasion. Hmm. And that messed me up. And yeah. 
my, I was living at home at the time, this is before I had moved out, and my brother and my dad were out of town for a football game, and so my mom was at home alone, and, like, mm-hmm. the entire time I'm sitting in the movie, I was like, I'm going to go home, and my mom's going to be dead. Mm-hmm. So that messed me up, but then, like, once I got home and she wasn't dead, I was like, it's fine. Things are fine, yeah. But aside from that, when I was in either fifth or sixth grade, we, uh, I had a TV in my room, we had cable, and, like... The TV went from, like, Nickelodeon to, like, the Style Network, but in between that, sometimes you could pick up, like, Showtime uh-huh. or something, and it would be, like, <laughs> it, it was grainy and, like, fuzzy, and, like, you could tell you were not supposed to get it, mm-hmm. but it would, um, it would be, like, watching a video of a video of a video of a video of mm-hmm. it, and Final Destination 2 was on, and I, like, caught it in between, those channels, and then it was kind of like you said, where it's like, okay, well, now I'm kind of invested. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. That one opens with a horrible accident on the interstate Gosh. involving a logging truck, and that one did mess me Does up. Does it go through the windshield? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard about that. That one did mess me up real, real bad, and like to like I did not like driving on the interstate until I was in my 20s because mm-hmm. of it. Like, it messed me up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought of one more that I probably was the last movie that I like intentionally went and saw that was could be considered somewhat scary and it's mm-hmm. more of like a psychological thriller than anything. But I remember having trouble sleeping after watching Black Swan. Oh yeah. I think that's technically considered a horror movie actually now. Oh good. Yeah. Um because <laughs> it popped up a lot when I was researching things. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, you are gonna watch a scary movie in a couple of weeks I and am. I'm really excited for it. One of our episodes, it's a surprise, so I'm not going to say it, but one of our episodes, Amanda's going to, like, purposefully watch. <laughs> Intentionally watch it. Yes, a scary movie, and we're going to do, like, a review of it, and we're going to, you know, decompress and unpack her feelings on it. Mm-hmm. I very strategically chose this movie, so mm-hmm. I did not want to traumatize you too bad. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, second question before okay. we get started. What is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you in real life? The two things that come to mind are, which are not, and they're not like anything that would be in like a horror movie or anything like scary, like in a scary movie. It was just scary to me. Um, Was when I was in eighth grade and I got eighth, I think eighth, um, eighth grade, and we went on a choir trip to Disney World, and this is like pre any of us having cell phones, Mm. and so. and I got, like, separated from my group. Oh, no. Yeah. And that is so, sad. And, like, our, you know, we didn't have, like, matching t-shirts or anything like that. You know, like, it was just... And, and I don't even know how it happened. I don't know if I just got distracted and then I turned around and I couldn't... I, and, and then I, like, panicked immediately because I didn't, like, immediately see people from my group. And so then I just panicked and couldn't see anyone from my group, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, my brain was not working. So I stood there and looked around for a second, and then I was like, um, okay, I guess I'll just follow these other groups that that have the t-shirts on that are also here for the choir thing. Mm-hmm. So I followed them, and then got to where we were supposed to get, and then told one of the people that works at Disney World that was standing there that I was like, separate, my group was coming here for this, but I got separated from them. Mm-hmm. And so then I like, <laughs> 
That's the way I'm about to cry because I'm panicked. Yeah, yeah. Like, my anxiety can't. Yeah, and my mom was on the trip with me. Oh, no. And so, like, that, too, like, knowing that she is, like, probably freaking out and mm-hmm. also thinking I'm going to have to tell her dad that she got lost. <laughs> we lost her. And, you know, like... Disney World is, like, the safe, I would think, for the most part. I don't think that we hear a whole lot of stories about, like, anything horrible happening at Disney World, but I'm sure all those things were going through that, you know, I had been kidnapped and was going to be, like, sex trafficked or something horrible, right. you know? Like, um, but anyway, so, but it was just, you know, scary sitting there, even though, like, logically now I can look back on it and I'm like, they were going to, there was not a situation where, I wasn't, it wasn't. You were going to okay. have to, like, live yeah. in the world for the rest of your <laughs> yes, life. Like but I just was sitting there, like, trying to be calm, but also panicking mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one <laughs> that, like, scared me was when I was little. Um, we were, like, getting ready to get in the boat at our river house. And we had this little statue that sat... So there's, like, a post that comes out of the pier, like, that goes into the water and into the dirt. Yeah. And comes all the way out or whatever. It's, like, a post. And on top of that post was this little statue thing that held the fishing... That you could, like, stick your fishing pole in or whatever. And my mom was handing something to my dad. Dad's in the boat. Mom's on the pier. I'm with mom on the pier. And she, like, leaned over to hand him something. And she held on to that statue, like, for support not thinking, like, about the fact that it's not secured to the post or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. then she and the post fell over into the water. Oh, no. And so, and, like, it was fine. You know, like, she, like, came up or whatever, and Dad, you know, like, reached over the side of the boat and held her hand and then, like, got her over to the ladder and she climbed back out. But in my, like, first grade brain, I was, like... Thinking this about is it. well, you know that Travis Tritt video. Okay, Travis Tritt has a country music video. There's like a trilogy of videos, and um, his wife is pregnant in the video, and he's in a wheelchair. He's a veteran. I've never. We'll watch it. It's a, it's a trip, and she is help doing something on the dock or whatever, and she falls off the dock and like hits her head, and I'm pretty sure dies. Great. And so, so in my brain, like, that's what happens when you fall off a dock is you hit your head and you're dead, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that's part of why it was, it freaked me out so much. But those are not, like, things that would be in a scary movie, so. No, (laughs) but those are the two things that scared me. I asked about real life. Two things that scared me in real life. Um, okay, so the scariest thing that ever happened to me is probably last Halloween when I hyped up Halloween Kills for an entire month just for it to turn around and suck ass. (laughs) Um, but also... Um, when I was, I don't know how old I was, but we went to Six Flags as a family. Like, my family went, I don't know if Drew, I think Drew went with us, but he may not have. But definitely, like, Will and I and my parents went. And then my aunt Liz came and she brought Jesse and Laura Beth and we all went to Six Flags. And, like, it was fine. I mean, Six Flags is Six Flags. But it started storming. Mm. And I mean, like, like twister storming Mm -hmm. um not an actual tornado but just like terrifying like that and some backstory to this when I was little because I was defiant not stupid this is defiance (laughs) 
Uh, my mom told me not to stick my finger in a light socket, and I was like, screw you, I'm going to do it because you said not to, so yeah. I did, and I got shocked, mm-hmm. and then she was like, don't do that again, and I was like, okay, fine, and so I did, mm-hmm. and then the third time, I was like, surely it won't happen again, <laughs> and it did, so, like, I am <laughs> basically uh, have the lamest superpowers of all time in that if anything's going to shock somebody, it's going to shock me, and it's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. I'm just conducive. Mm-hmm. So, um... Anyway, it started storming really bad, and I mean, like, thundering, like, you couldn't see in front of you, raining so hard, and then lightning struck a guy. Mm. He was okay, but, like, it struck him and then hit the ground, and I, it was not far from me, and I felt it, like, all the way up my body. Mm-hmm. I did not, I don't think I got electrocuted, but, like, I, you know. Felt like a current. Yes. Yeah. And then, for, like, two years after that, if it rained, I had panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I, this is the dumbest thing. Please know that I was young. I, I would not use the bathroom while it was raining because I was scared lightning would come out of the toilet. I know it's not, I know it doesn't make sense. Like, toilet snakes make a lot more sense than toilet lightning, but... I wouldn't because I knew, like, lightning struck water. So, yeah. And so, in my brain, I was like, I don't know that I thought it was going to come up out of the toilet, but that it would be attracted to toilet water. Yeah. So, you know, he, that was me. Yeah. And I finally, I don't know how I got over it, but I did, and now I, like, I love storms again. But for a while, I was PTSD traumatized. Mm, yeah. Other than that, there was one time when I was at my friend Hunter's apartment, and I was getting in my car to leave, and this man, like, you could tell he did not really care so much about um, statutory laws, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I was leaving, and I, like, got in my car, and I was closing the door, and he, like, ripped my car door back open and started to, like, talk to me and mm-hmm. try to get me to come in his apartment. Yeah. And I... <laughs> Hunter and I laugh about this now, but in the moment it was terrifying. Like, I finally was like, no, I have to go to my boyfriend's house. Um, He's getting off work. He's a police officer. I had no boyfriend. <laughs> I've never dated a police officer. And, um, yeah. Like, he finally was like, oh, okay. And, like, left me alone. But, like, I never parked in the same spot. Like, I, like, I hated going to her apartment after that until she moved to a different one. Yeah, but, I would too. So, those were the two scariest Two or three scariest things that ever happened to me. Yeah. The reason I ask you these questions is because today we're going to talk about horror movies that are based on a true story. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I, or at least they claim to be based on a true story. Okay. So I came up with this list myself, but I'm also going to use this article. Let me find it. So this is an article... Um, it actually was updated five days ago. Mm-hmm. I think the author is Matt, I think it's pronounced Sulem. So current. I know, and convenient. <laughs> and it's on the uh, website yardbarker.com. I've never heard of it before, but... Seems legit. It was, it was a very helpful article, truly. Yeah. And, like, this is stuff that I, all, like, I already knew. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of, like, coherency, I'm going to, like, rely on this article a lot. So... The first movie, based on a true story, that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is The Exorcist, which okay. came out in 1973. Yeah, all these are probably going to be demons because that shit's real. <laughs> Not all of them are. Okay, Not good. all of them are. <laughs> um, so The Exorcist is widely r- referred to as one of the scariest movies of all time. 
It's based on a 1971 book of the same name by William Peter Blatty, who also served as producer and screenwriter of the film. It's also, I think, the first horror movie to win an Oscar. I think. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, it may be... No, because I think Psycho won an Oscar. Maybe it's the first one to win Best Picture. Mm. It's something. Or be nominated for Best Picture. It's something. I'd have to look it up. But anyway, so the book is based on the exorcism of Roland Doe. That's the pseudonym given to a young boy who in the late 1940s was visited by several priests attempting to cure him of an alleged demonic possession. He reportedly spoke in a gravelly voice and was blamed for furniture and objects. Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) The whole time I was, like, trying to be very considerate of, like, your feelings and your psyche. But, so, like, if you need to tap out, let me know. Okay. Uh, He was blamed for furniture and objects mysteriously moving or flying across the room, as well as a number of strange, unexplained noises. And during two separate exorcisms, he also became violent, breaking the nose of one priest and slipping out of one of his arm restraints, sticking his arm into his mattress, breaking a metal spring, and stabbing a different priest with the the sharp object. How you doing? Good. Okay. (laughs) So, let me mark that off the list, because I want to be thorough. Okay. Are you ready for this one? The next one on the list? Mm-hmm. There's how many? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I think. I might sneak a few in. Okay. Extra. This is the one, we'll talk about it, and then maybe we'll talk about it some more after I'm done with okay. this. So, the next is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. The Texas Roadhouse Massacre. The Texas Roadhouse Massacre. Um, I was going to tell you... What happens every time I go there and same, destroy some rolls. Rolls. <laughs> I was going to tell you... So, you know the True Crime podcast I'm always talking about? Mm-hmm. Morbid. They also have a horror movie podcast with their friend Caleb. Mm-hmm. And Ash, the one who, like, changes the pronunciations of words that I'm always copying. Mm-hmm. She always accidentally says the Texas Roadhouse Massacre. Mm-hmm. And that, when I heard that, I was like, oh, we are the same. Mm-hmm. And she also was like, that's what happens when I go to Texas. <laughs> okay, so, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when they say it's based on a true story, everybody assumes, like, the events in the movie are based on a true story, but that's not exactly true. What it should be is um, inspired by a true serial killer instead of inspired by a true story. Mm. So... The 1974 horror classic The Chainsaw Massacre, as well as the entire franchise of sequels and remakes, is entirely fictional, but some elements were inspired by notorious 1950s Wisconsin murderer Ed Gein. When Gein was arrested for killing a local hardware store owner, he also confessed to a previous murder, and authorities then discovered he had exhumed several corpses from local cemeteries. Using these bodies, he fashioned a wastebasket lampshade, and masks made of human skin and faces, placed human skulls on his bedposts, stitched together a belt made of nipples, and collected a plethora of other body parts as trophies. In short, he made Leatherface look sane by comparison. Yeah. He also inspired Psycho and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Silence of the Lambs to me. Buffalo, what's his name, Buffalo Bill? Yeah. Yeah, he's based off Ed Gein. So that's when you were like, but that can't happen. I was like, mm, yeah, but it well, did. Not can't, but it is highly unlikely not to happen to you. Okay, so moving on. This one's my favorite because I did not know this until um, in the last fifteen years. So, Jaws. 
based on a true story. Jaws came out in 1975. It's based on Peter Benchley's 1974 book of the same name, which wasn't inspired by any specific shark attack, but instead the exploits of shark fisherman Frank Mundus, who Quint of Jaws was allegedly modeled after. However, this is not in this article. This is just my own knowledge. There were shark attacks off the coast of the Jersey Shore in 1916, which also heavily influenced Jaws. I, like, forget that Jaws is considered a horror movie. It's because it's such a blockbuster. And also, like, when we think horror movies now, we think of, like, the big three of, like, Michael Myers, Jason, and Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I don't think of a. We don't think of... But, like, Jurassic Park is also technically a horror movie, and we don't think about yeah, that. Yeah, We don't think about, like, we don't even really think about, like, the Universal movie monsters, which we should. Like, Frankenstein, Dracula, yeah. all them. Like, we mostly think of, like, killers. demons and killers. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the Jersey Shore shark attacks, they actually think it was a bull shark now and not a um, great white. Mm-hmm. But it also heavily influenced the movie Jaws. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is super interesting. Okay, next. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, one of my favorites. It's very similar to The Zodiac. I've never heard of this. So, it's based on an actual series of murders that took place in Texarkana in the night, like, right after the Civil War. Not the Civil War. (laughs) World War II. Um, My mom uh, went to high school there. Really? Yep. So, uh... Let's see. The Phantom Killer, responsible for the so-called Texarkana Moonlight Murders, attacked eight people, claiming the lives of five over two and a half months in 1946. The unknown assailant was never caught, and the terrifying events were immortalized in The Town That Dreaded Sundown. The original was released in 1976 and later remade in 2014. Unlike many films based on a true story, the details of the films generally align quite closely with the true narrative, right down to the character of Manuel... I think it's pronounced Trezazis, Lone Wolf. He like his nickname is Lone Wolf, um, who was in fact a real Texas Ranger who worked on the case. Hmm. I have listened to so many podcasts about that one. It's super interesting. It's very similar to Zodiac, which I'm about to talk to about now. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't think it gets the same kind of hype, probably because it happened in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zodiac is not in this article, but I'm just going to mention it. Obviously, the movie Zodiac is based on the Zodiac murders. I don't know how how true to the story it is. I know it's very close, though. But it's similar to the town that, the town that dreaded sun, sun down. What are words? Okay, next is the Amityville Horror, released in 1979. And this one is interesting because it's based on a true story, and the true story is based on a lie. So, as scary as it is, the basic premise of 1979's The Amityville Horror is absolutely true. Ronald DeFeo Jr. really did shoot and kill all six members of his family in a Dutch colonial house in Amityville, New York, and the home was later occupied by the Lutz family. The Lutzes allegedly experienced much of the phenomenon portrayed in the film and the supposed nonfiction book by Jane Anson on which it was based, including swarms of flies inside the house out of season, vivid nightmares of the murders, Cold spots, mysterious smells and noises, and the fact that George Lutz would unintentionally wake up every morning at 3.15, which he later found out was the time the murders took place. And yes, the Lutz family really did flee the house without their possessions, never to return. So, technically based on a true story, I am pretty sure that they have since found out that the Lutzes were lying and like basically trying to get out of having to pay for their house. I don't know how true that is. That's just what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but most sources I found are like they like the murders in that house really did take place. Mm-hmm. That really did happen. But like all the events that they say happened to them after they bought it post murder, not true. Not really, yeah. They did call in Ed and Lorraine Warren, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, and they have, in general, been kind of proven as being people who like to capitalize on a hoax. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Please don't sue me. <laughs> um, Lorraine, Ed is deceased, R.I.P. Um, we're going to talk about them in a second, though. Next, this is a fun one, and I didn't realize was based on a true story, mostly because I did not believe that it could have been. But Nightmare on Elm Street is uh-huh. based on a true story. I mean, I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. That's the one with Freddy Krueger, the guy with the knife. Okay. So, the character of Freddy Krueger was entirely an invention of writer and director Wes Craven, as was the teen-centric aspect of the film. But, the fear and possibility of dying in one's sleep due to terrifying nightmares, that's unfortunately a very real thing. In the 1970s, a group of Southeast Asian genocide refugees in the U.S. suffered from such vivid night terrors that some refused to sleep. A few who eventually fell asleep died during their slumber, despite being otherwise healthy. The condition was first dubbed Asian Death Syndrome, which sounds racist, Mm -hmm. but was later called Sudden Unexplained Death Syndrome, that is better, (laughs) or Brugada Syndrome, and it was Craven's inspiration for his now-famous, uber-popular horror franchise. So, like, in that movie, Freddy Krueger, like, if you're asleep, he can, like, kill you in your dreams. Mm. So, like, that's where he, I guess he read an article about it, and he was like, this is interesting, and he ran with it because Wes Craven's kind of a genius. So, that I did not know was based on a true story, but I like that it's, like, not really based on a true story, but it's based on a true concept. Mm -hmm. Okay, next is Scream from 1996. A few people realize it because 1996 Scream is a slasher film that also satirizes Mm -hmm. the slasher genre, but this is another Wes Craven movie. It's actually inspired by true events. In 1990, Danny Rowling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper, terrorized Florida college students with a string of five grisly murders over the course of just four days. And he was later linked to a previous triple homicide when Scream screenwriter Kevin Williamson, who also worked on Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. first heard a news story about the killings. He noticed an open window in his house, became concerned, and subsequently penned an 18-page script that later became the now-iconic film. Hmm. So, like... That's why those Kevin Williamson Vampire Diaries episodes were so good. Because, like, that man is great. Real smart. Um, Julie, never mind. How are you doing? You good? Yep. We're almost done. Um, we're going to skip over Dahmer because, obviously, mm-hmm. and also that F- Netflix? Am I okay? I don't know. Netflix <laughs> docuseries is out, and I have not watched it yet. Um, my sweet friend Haley at work, when she watched it and she, like, came to work the next day, she's like, I'm scared. (laughs) She was like, he's gonna get me. And I was like, well, first off, girl, he is dead. Second, um, you're not his type. So, you're good. Okay. I don't have it on my list, but I also just wanted to point it out that Open Water is also based on a true story. Do you remember seeing, like, things for that movie on TV? No, because when something somewhat scary looking... For commercials comes on mm-hmm. TV, I turn the channel. Well, this is Sharks, so you probably would have been okay. Oh, okay, yeah, probably. But, like, this one is based on a true story. This couple, like, went scuba diving, I think in Australia, maybe? South Africa, maybe? I don't know. But their boat left them, and they never found them. Yikes. So, like, they think they probably got eaten by sharks. They could have, they could have drowned, and, you know. But, Yikes. 
regardless, they never found them and the whole thing is a cluster. The strangers, the strangers I don't like because I don't like home invasions because that is real. Mm-hmm. Like real, real. Okay. When director Brian Bertino wrote The Strangers, he was thinking of two real-life events, the infamous Manson family murders and the Keddy Cabin murders, both of which have excellent um, podcasts, like episodes dedicated to them. Hmm. And, like, if you're looking for a true crime podcast, I always recommend Morbid. Um, Okay, so although the story of the former is well-known, the latter is a still-unsolved quadruple homicide that took place in Northern California, Sierra Nevadas, in 1981. Both incidents involved home invasions, stranger-on-stranger violence, and mass murders. Although in The Strangers, the terrorized victims were just two people. Um, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman played a couple. Um, They're also kind of loosely based on some home invasions, robberies that he had in his neighborhood when he was a kid. That one, super messed up. Don't like it. Mm. I mean, I love it. It's it's a great movie, but like I don't like how it, it does me psychologically and emotionally. Okay, we're almost at the end. Next is The Conjuring. I told you Ed and Lorraine would be back. In 2013, film audiences were formally introduced to Ed and Lorraine Warren, real paranormal investigators portrayed in The Conjuring series by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. The the first movie in a five-film franchise, The Conjuring focuses on the supposed real-life haunting of the Perrin family's Rhode Island farmhouse back in the 1970s. When did the first one come out? 2013. Why can I not speak? Um, let's see. I like Patrick Wilson. I do too. Um, so, and honestly, like, I actually really like the Conjuring movies. I don't like the demon things, but, like, they go about it, like, kind of like The Exorcist did, where it's, like, the only way to get rid of the demons is to, like, basically pray them away Mm -hmm. and, like, get God to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Um, which I do like, but, um... We have since found out that maybe, allegedly, perhaps, possibly, the Warrens were, like, not really on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And they maybe, like, took advantage of some people who would believe anything. But they're still good movies. Um, also, The Conjuring 2 is allegedly based on a true story. And I think that's all of them. If I missed any, um, let us know. Tell us, tell us what you know about, about the movies. Okay. Are you ready to play a game? I am. Okay. So we have a, like a choose your own adventure type game. So basically we're going to read a story. We're definitely going to do one for you. If we have time, we'll do one for me, but like, we'll just see. Okay. Because it's going to be the same story. It's just going to be different. Choose your own things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was going to get a, like a die. Because um, I thought it would be funny to be like, let's let the die, D-I-E, decide what happens. But, um, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail, and I did not bring the die. So (laughs) we have cut up numbers, and I'm just going to, like, pull them out, and the corresponding number will tell us what happens. Also, I wrote this story today. Mm -hmm. I am not a horror writer by any means. Mm -hmm. So it might be Dookie Shoes. Okay. And if it is, I thank you to keep your mouth shut and your opinions to yourself. <laughs> I am doing my best. <laughs> and my best sometimes is trash. <laughs> that was to you and also to them. I won't judge you. I know you all. You know 
if I tried to write a horror movie, it would be the dumbest, weirdest, <laughs> stupidest thing ever. I mean, like, I wrote it, like, before my post-church nap, and mm-hmm. so I don't even know that it's coherent. Yeah. I have not read it back since I wrote it. So, um, there's a complete, total, impossible chance that this episode ends here. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. <laughs> do you want me to pull them out? No, I'm going to do it. Okay. I, I'm, I feel confident. Okay. No, I don't. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So, it was a dark and chilly Halloween night, and Amanda was... From why is there seven in here? Is that a one? <laughs> Hold on. Let's check our numbers. <laughs> Can I count? That's a four. Four, yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Friend, did you... <laughs> did I skip six? One, two, three. <laughs> you skipped five. That's not, that's not a five, right? That's a seven. Seven. Okay. <laughs> well, How did I do that? Okay, well, we'll pretend that seven is five. Seven is a five. <laughs> okay. It was a... It was a dark and chilly Halloween night, and Amanda was dog-sitting. On brand. Mm-hmm. For some friends of a family friend. The house was a Victorian mansion that Amanda had never been to before. The house was in the middle of nowhere, completely surrounded by woods, and extremely isolated from the nearby town. And if this was real life, Amanda would have said nope and gone home. <laughs> As she pulled down the long gravel driveway towards the house, she could swear she saw eyes on her from the woods. Mm-hmm. She shook her head and ignored it. <laughs> I'm like... Imagining it. Yeah, well, I'm also trying... I'm imagining it, but also as I was writing it, I was like, too scary, too scary. Make it funny so that you don't traumatize your one of your only three friends. <laughs> she shook her head and ignored it. McDonald's must have put the cocaine back in this spicy Coke. She said as she took... <laughs> She said as she took one last sip of her drink and got out of the car. She grabbed her bags from the trunk, but before locking the car, she heard a high-pitched scream. Mm. Amanda whips her head back, or whipped her head around, checking her surroundings. Nothing is there. Better safe than sorry, she says as she opens her trunk back up and grabs her bow and arrow. Just a regular old Katniss Everdeen right here. <laughs> right? I want you to know I was also trying. I'm mad I didn't pull a three. Um, what was three? I'm like my choir binder or something? All the, no. All of the choices, I was like trying to be like, what could be a weapon, but what is also ridiculous so that like this podcast isn't deemed too violent. Mm-hmm. And we had set of emergency kitchen knives. Mm-hmm. You know how you keep those in your car? Mm-hmm. Just like a block. Yeah. A knife block. Mm-hmm. Bow and arrow. Revolutionary war musket. Mm-hmm. Because I also love the idea of you carrying a revolutionary war <laughs> Hold musket. Hold on. I'm going to get to you. <laughs> Um, Nerf gun, pogo stick, and a blender. Because would, a blender is, like, a big deal. Like, they've been used as weapons twice in horror movies wow. now. Okay, I would most likely, of those options, in my car, have a Nerf gun. Because at work, I use Nerf guns with the children all the time. She slams the trunk and approaches the house. She looks under the welcome mat. I'm mad I didn't pull a three or a six because that would have been random pile of bones. <laughs> she looks under the welcome mat and finds the key the couple left for her, relieved that it was ac- exactly where they said it'd be. As she enters, she resigns herself to the idea that her mind is playing tricks on her and the elderly couple has not lured her out to the middle of nowhere for nefarious purposes. Amanda finds the family dog, Cujo. Wait. Our dog was named Cujo in real life. Oh, no. Do you want me to change it? No. Isn't I mean, he, he recently parted? He, I mean, like, probably like a year or two ago. Okay. No, him being in the in the story is oddly comforting. Okay. 
He's going to be okay. Good. I just stopped writing about him at some point, but he's fine. Okay. Just good. know that. In okay. Life. okay. Oh, wait. And then finds the family dog, Cujo, lounging on the couch and pets the sweet elderly dog. It's dinner time, so once she's done bonding with the dog, she goes to the kitchen to make some dinner. She notices an odd smell and a draft coming from behind the door to the basement wine cellar, but ignores it in favor of not being a typical white girl in a horror movie. <laughs> While she eats her... Grilled cheese. On brand. She can't help shaking the feeling that someone is watching her. Like that one Brandon Flowers music video that Britt showed her one time that scared her. (laughs) Realizing that she's probably being crazy, she knows she would feel better if she checked all the doors and windows and closed all the blinds. Once she feels adequately safe, she sits down to watch TV until bedtime. She curls up with with Cujo on the couch and watches old reruns of I Love Lucy. On brand. (laughs) <laughs> on her sixth episode, she notices a feature of the house that she missed earlier. There is a corner of the TV... There in the corner of the TV room is a statue of... Oh, wait, I'm... Sorry, I'm rigging this one for Sherzy's. <laughs> Austin Butler, but like he was at the end of the movie when he was sweaty, bloated Elvis. <laughs> okay. Deciding that the statue is way too lifelike and that she doesn't like how the eyes follow her no matter where in the room she moves... <laughs> She she takes the blanket she found on the couch earlier and covers the statue. That's enough weird stuff for one night, Cujo, don't you think? Let's go to bed, she says. She and Cujo scurry upstairs to bed and fall asleep quickly. But then, right as the clock strikes 3 a.m., which is the witching hour, mm-hmm. Amanda and Cujo are awakened by the sound of terrified screaming. Being too tired to believe it's real, Amanda rolls over and goes back to sleep. But soon, Cujo starts barking leaps off the bed, and runs downstairs. Amanda can hear Cujo barking throughout the house until suddenly everything goes eerily silent. Worrying that the dog might have gotten hurt, Amanda slowly gets out of bed, that's not a word, ties her robe, and picks up the bow and arrow. She brought, I'm like, when, because I knew they were going to be choose your own adventure, so I have, I keep writing dog and, and like, weapon. Yes, yes. Okay. And picks up the bow and arrow she brought in earlier. Slowly, she tiptoes through the house, inspecting room by room, trying to find Cujo or the source of the noises she heard earlier. Slowly, she creeps down the stairs. No intruder, ghost, or goblin to be found. But Cujo is nowhere to be found either. As she finishes her search in the TV room, she notices something that makes the hair on the back of her neck stand straight up. The blanket she used to cover the statue earlier in the evening is lying in a heap on the floor. The statue is nowhere to be found. (laughs) Suddenly... Floorboards in the attic start to creak. Mm-hmm. She whips out her cell phone to call 911, but it's dead. I swear it was charged just a second ago, she exclaims. She tries to turn it on, but it's no use. She runs into the kitchen. She'll use the aged yellow landline she saw earlier, because landlines can't die. They can, however, have no cord. She pulls the handset off the receiver and hears no dial tone. She picks the heavy base of the phone up just to realize that it's not plugged in. Not only that, there's no way to plug it in because the cord has been cut. She stands silently, one hand to her forehead, the other gripping tightly to the bow and arrow. Which, I don't know how you can do that with one <laughs> hand, but here we so are. Look it through and hold the arrow <laughs> yes. and just... She turns back towards the front of the house and sees... Oh, I don't like that. A little girl ghost <laughs> motioning with her hands to get out. She darts back into the kitchen, ripping open drawers, desperate to find a phone charger. Surely the couple has one in a junk drawer. It's 2022 for crying out loud. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has an emergency phone charger somewhere in their house. Then she hears it. The sound of... 
the sound of a door creaking open. Mm. There's no phone charger to be found, and whatever is coming is coming fast. She raises the weapon and prepares for what might be the fight of her life. I love how I said, uh, oh, wait, bow and arrow. Yeah, that's fine. She raises the bow and arrow and prepares for what might be the fight of her life. Suddenly, everything around her goes pitch black. Distantly, she can hear a phone ringing. The yellow phone is ringing despite not being plugged in. Slowly, she paces towards it, hesitantly reaching her hand out, grasping the receiver and putting it to her ear. She takes a deep breath, then croaks out a terrified hello. Hey, I'm on my way, Britt says. Sorry it took so long. I was crying at another episode of Cold Case and couldn't stop. (laughs) Amanda looks down to find her own iPhone in her hand. She looks around, and she's back in her own home, sprawled out on her couch with Sadie beside her. Just like Nellie said in 2010, it was only just a dream. (laughs) The end. Love that. Oh, man. Okay. That... Puts it, I'm I, glad that Fat Sweaty Elvis didn't, like, murder me or anything. Yeah, me too. That would have been really upsetting. Friend, you know, it was supposed to be a Michael Myers statue, but I was like, uh-uh, I'm sorry. I have to put Austin in here. Okay. Remember that time I had a dream that um, he was trying to kill me at work? Yeah. And I shot him with my gun that was full of liquid foundation? <laughs> that was a good dream. Hmm. What a time. Oh, this is the dream where he comes to finish the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saved you from crying. <laughs> um, okay. Love Should that. we do it for me? Yeah. Okay. This is going to be hard because I only wrote one story and it starred you. Can I read it? Yeah, if you Can want. Can I be the reader? Um, just be prepared to... I think I put a note in here that if it were me to change it um, to something else. So, like, where it says, like, one through three. So, if you draw, like, a one through three... Obviously, like, that's the answer. They don't all have six options. Okay. Do you want the box? No. They just get stuck in the corners. I'll just blindly reach. Okay. Okay. It was a dark and chilly Halloween night. Start there. Where's number two? It doesn't. So, it's like one through three house sitting. Three through six dog sitting. Oh, I see. I see. Because I I was originally going to say babysitting, but then Mm. I was like, ain't no babies in this story. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, Okay. It was a dark and chilly Halloween night. Britt was um, house sitting for some friends of a family friend. The house is a Victorian mansion that Brett had never been to before. The house was in the middle of nowhere, completely surrounded by woods and extremely isolated from the nearby town. As she pulled down the long gravel driveway toward the house, she could swear she saw eyes on her from the woods. I don't F with those woods, uh-uh. just so everybody knows. She shook her head and ignored it. McDonald's must have put the cocaine back in this spicy Coke, she said as she took one last sip of her drink and got out of the car. She grabbed her bags from the trunk, but before locking the car, she heard a ghostly wail. Britt whipped her head around, checking her surroundings. Nothing is there. Better safe than sorry, she says as she opens her trunk back up and grabs her pogo stick. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) She slams the trunk and approaches the house. She looks under the random pile of bones. Yes! And finds the the key the couple left for her. Relieved that it was exactly where they said it would be. How did you react, friend, when they said, it's going to be under a pile of bones? I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Like, can you imagine finding a key under a random pile of bones and being relieved? I wouldn't touch a pile of bones. I would turn around and be like, sorry. I did not specify if they were human or not. So. Any, any form of this. I'm sure they were human. (laughs) Maybe it's just like a pile of like chicken wing bones. (laughs) Grandpa's been eating them on the porch. That's where we had our key under the (laughs) No one will touch these. Um. Can you imagine mm -hmm. the roaches? Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. As she enters the house, she resigns herself to the idea that her mind is playing tricks on her and that the elderly couple has not lured her out to the middle of nowhere for nefarious purposes. 
Britt finds the family dog, Charles Barksley, uh, <laughs> lounging on the couch and pets the sweet elderly dog, Tweet Buddy, the Auburn fan dog. Charles Barksley. Um, I was so proud of myself for coming up with that one. That's very cute. Um, it's dinner time, so once she's done bonding with the dog, she goes to the kitchen and makes some dinner. She notices an odd smell and a draft coming from behind the door to the basement wine cellar, but ignores it in favor of not being a typical white girl in a horror movie. While she eats her chicken nuggets, yes, she can't help shaking the feeling that someone is watching her, like that one Brandon Flowers music video that she loves. <laughs> there you go. Good job. <laughs> Realizing that she probably is being crazy, she knows she would feel better if she checked all the doors and windows and closed all the blinds. Once she feels adequately safe, she sits down to watch TV until bedtime. She curls up with the dog on the couch, Charles Barksley on the couch, and watches old reruns of Friends. Mm, on brand. Mm-hmm. On her sixth episode, she notices a feature of the house that she missed earlier. There in the corner of the TV room is a statue of Walt Disney. <laughs> Deciding that the statue is way too lifelike and that she doesn't know how the eyes follow, doesn't like how the eyes follow her no matter where in the room she moves, she takes the blanket she found on the couch earlier and covers the statue. That's enough weird stuff for tonight, for one night, don't you think, Charles Barkley? Barksley? Let's go to bed. <laughs> She and the dog scurry up the, upstairs to the bed and fall asleep quickly. But then right as the clock strikes 3 a.m., Britt and Charles Barksley are awakened by the sound of the house rattling like someone put it on top of God's dryer. <laughs> Britt, uh, being too tired to believe it's real, Britt rolls over and goes back to sleep. But soon, Charles Barksley starts barking, leaps off the bed, and runs downstairs. Britt can hear him barking through the house, throughout the house until suddenly everything goes eerily silent. Worrying that Charles Barksley might have gotten hurt, Britt slowly gets out of bed, ties her robe, and picks up uh, her pogo stick that she brought in earlier. <laughs> she, she slowly tiptoes. Can you imagine just like, holding a pogo stick? Like a bat. Yep. Through, slowly tiptoes through the house, inspecting room by room, trying to find Charles Barksley or the source of the rattling noises she heard earlier. Slowly she creeps down the stairs. No intruder, ghost, or goblin to be found, but Charles Barksley is nowhere to be found either. As she finishes her search in the TV room, she notices something that makes the hair on the back of her neck stand straight up. The blanket she used to cover Walt Disney earlier in the evening is lying in a heap on the floor. The Walt Disney statue is nowhere to be found. Suddenly, floorboards in the attic start to creak. She whips out her cell phone to call 911, but it's dead. I swear it was charged just a second ago, she exclaims. She tries to turn it on, but it's no use. She runs into the kitchen. She'll use the aged yellow landline she saw earlier. Landlines can't die. They can, however, have no cord. She pulls the handset off the receiver and hears no dial tone. She picks up the heavy base of the phone, just picks the heavy base of the phone up just to realize that it's not plugged in. Not only that, there's no way to plug it in. The cord has been cut. She stands silently, one hand to her forehead, the other gripping tightly to her pogo stick. <laughs> she turns back towards the front of the house and sees a hooded figure standing just outside in the yard. That shit scares me so much. Mm-hmm. She darts back into the kitchen, ripping open drawers, desperate to find a phone charger. Surely the couple has one in a junk drawer. It's 2022 for crying out loud. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has an emergency phone charger somewhere in their house. And then she hears it. The sound of voices getting closer and closer. Mm-mm. <laughs> There's no phone charger to be found, and whatever is coming is coming fast. She raises her pogo stick and prepares for what might be the fight of her life. <laughs> Girl. You're going down. <laughs> if all you got is a pogo stick. What am I going to do? Bounce at him? Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> Wait. <laughs> Honestly, though, that might work because who's not going to be like just totally disarmed Shocked. by the fact that somebody's just bouncing at them <laughs> on a pogo stick? You could honestly just probably like pretend to be crazier than they are, just bounce around on the pogo stick. That's always. Yeah. Um. Uh, suddenly, everything around her goes pitch black. Distantly, she can hear a phone ringing. The yellow phone is ringing despite not being plugged in. Slowly, she faces towards it, hesitantly reaching her hand out, grasping the receiver and putting it to her ear. She takes a deep breath and then croaks out a terrified hello. Hey, I'm on my way, Amanda says. Sorry it took so long. I was crying at another episode of Friday Night Lights. There you go. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, hold girl. on. When reading for me and make it Amanda falling into an Elvis YouTube hole. Yes, that's true. Um... <laughs> Um, Britt looks down to find her own iPhone in her hand. She looks around and is back in her own house, sprawled out on her couch with Captain beside her. Just like Nellie said in 2010, it was only just a dream. The and end. Great story, friend. Thanks. I love it. That was fun. That was fun. I can't wait for us to do our, um, Christmas one of these. Are we gonna do, oh yeah, when we build our Hallmark movie, or? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, um, that is it next week. We are continuing our month-long Halloween adventure, and we are, allegedly, um, talking about Halloween monsters and, like, how they have changed through the years, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about that one. Me too. Um, I think it's gonna be, like, educational and also super fun. Okay, so, um, until then, you know, thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Steve Norma McQueen, please come rescue me. Okay, bye. Bye.